everybody. Welcome to Passing Judgment, a podcast about politics, the law, and a lot of things in between. I'm your host, Loyola Law School Professor Jessica Levinson, and today I'm going to give a quick update about where we are right now with respect to the midterm election results. I'm recording this episode early the morning of Sunday, November 13th. So here we go. Things could change. First, let's begin with the big question everybody has been asking. Was there a red wave? And the answer is no, as it turns out, not really. A lot of people, including myself, were wrong on this. Historically, the party in power, obviously that's the Democrats, they will lose a significant number of seats in midterm elections. Add to that the fact that we're dealing with serious economic issues. Inflation, obviously, is significantly rising. And voters tend to blame, whether fairly or not, they tend to blame the party in power when they have to pay more for their daily expenses, like gas and food. Very rationally, voters vote on things that affect their daily lives. So why, in this case, was history not truly a guide? I think for three main reasons here. First is that young people did show up. They showed up in greater numbers than expected. And we always say this, but if the 18 to 26-year-old set showed up like voters who are 65 and over, they could really swing almost every election. So they showed up and they broke for Democrats. The second reason here Roe v. Wade still matters. There was a lot of talk about this no longer being a key issue for voters. But for women, for Democrats, and for independent voters, they're very much aware of the fact that the court's decision in Dobbs to overrule Roe v. Wade means that reproductive rights are left to the states. Simply put, people in purple states and red states really deeply understand how much power their representatives have over their lives. Third, last reason, democracy. In areas where Democrats outperformed expectations, voters really understood that our democracy is facing a significant threat, for instance, from those who deny the outcome of valid elections. And let's note that election deniers lost big in races in Arizona, Nevada, Michigan, Pennsylvania, New Mexico, and Minnesota. So those are the three reasons why I think the historical trends really didn't hold here. Now, where are we now? Democrats are going to hold on to the Senate. They'll either have 50 votes plus Vice President Harris to act as a tiebreaker, or if Democrats win the runoff in Georgia, they'll have 51 votes. And that difference between 50 and 51 actually is a significant difference. It's a little bit more than just a buffer. Democrats controlling the Senate is also a huge deal for the judiciary. It means that President Biden will be able to, and really should, start to fill the 85 federal appellate and district court openings that are currently there. He really, again, needs to act quickly. We see how much it makes a difference who is on the federal bench. Now, what about the House? We don't know yet who's going to control the House. Democrats will basically need to run the table on the remaining toss-up districts. But here's something that's important to remember. The Supreme Court allowed elections to be held in Louisiana, in Georgia, and Alabama 
using legislative district maps that lower court judges had found to be racially discriminatory. If Republicans end up winning control of the House by a really slim margin, maybe two to three, that decision by the Supreme Court to let those district lines stand, that could make the difference. So once again, everybody, a reminder that Supreme Court decisions really matter. All right, so that's the quick update for now. As always, please subscribe, rate, and review. Please find me on every social media platform, including now Mastodon, I think the place for people who have left Twitter, at Levinson Jessica. Here's wishing you all a great day. Thank you.